Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we welcome you in here to another edition of the Hoopball Podcast. Sacramento Kings Hoopball Podcast here on the Hoopball Podcast Network. I'm Damian Barling of ESPN 1320, along with your host, Joe Adge. We've got plenty of things to talk about as the league year officially kicks off. Uh, if you listen to this on Thursday night, it officially kicks off tomorrow. It kicks off on Friday, kicks off on August 6th. And never before has that day uh, been been so it, it, it feels there's a there's a reported trade out there that's lingering over the Sacramento Kings fan base that no one can figure out if it's happening. If it's happening from everything that we heard over on D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320, the Tristan Thompson deal is happening. DeLon Wright will be traded for Tristan Thompson tomorrow or Friday, August 6th. That that deal is happening. Um, Supposedly. <laughs> as of right now, the, every, the, the people closest to the team believe yeah. that that deal uh, is happening now. Whether that's the only deal that involves Tristan Thompson, that's another story. Right, And what's interesting, too, is based on the comments from Ham on your show today and yesterday on, on social media, and um, Keith Smith, who was on with Deuce and Moe, as well as his comments on social media, were that it's getting done. But according to Keith, they're still trying to make it fair for our all parties involved. Well, for Kings fans... We're expecting more then because we yeah. think we're giving out the best player. So if we had to wait all these days just to have the same trade go through and there is nothing else, we don't even at least get a second round pick attached to it. Um, I think people are already well, bitter. I think you're going to see some more bitterness that we had to wait all that time just for funny. someone to say like, yes. Keith as Smith, is it's happening <laughs> Keith Smith was on with us too and he was like frustrated it's like hey welcome to dealing with the Sacramento Kings right it's never easy it's never easy and he even brought up the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing from last year and it's yeah well and I was Kings fan, folks. I didn't if there's not more pieces involved I don't understand why it has to wait until the sixth that to well, me doesn't make sense because none of these players are free agents. There's they're all under contract already. And there was something that had to do with Atlanta, a third team, another deal being done. I I, I don't want to pretend if it to was a sign and trade, to, I could understand because that's a new contract, yeah. right? Like coming in where you'd have to wait. Um, but if it's the parties as is and draft picks. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why you would have to to wait. I understand why they wanted to do it that day because of the trade exception. Um, mm -hmm. And then they were saying that, oh, Boston has other trade exceptions they could, you know, fit it with. So to me, that's where it didn't make sense of why all of a sudden you had to wait when other people are making trades and announcing things. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know, but it's never easy, Joe. Um, so, easy. yeah. So well, that's where I'm curious to see if there really are more pieces. We'll know Friday. But, 
it's, it's, yeah. it's it, we'll, we'll know if the deal, I, I, I assume we'll know that the, if the deal is happening yeah, or if it's but not either happening. Way, but either way, you just went from guard heavy to big heavy. Like it's, you're still not addressing the needs that I, I understand if it can be a precursor, you know, because it's a bigger contract, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'd have to look into it more. If, I know players have been traded around multiple times. So mm -hmm. unless there are other pieces involved, I'm not sure if he has to sit for, you know, so long here before the Kings can trade him or if he's eligible to move um, along as well. I, I, that's where we'd have to see the other pieces involved. So, um, cause I know there's some rules with sign and trades and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't know if you're a, a third party involved if that extends to, you or not just for being in association of the actual trade. Um, and, and that's why I'm so surprised there were so many sign and trades executed over the start of free agency because they are complicated to a certain degree. Like there's a lot that goes into those. That's why you don't see them nearly as much as you used to. Now it felt like everything was a sign and trade. Right. And why you have so many lawyers in the room because <laughs> right. it's the smallest right. thing, yeah. you know, that we don't look at or, you know, yeah. you have people just looking at a trade well, machine saying, hey, you know, it's legal to go through. But there's so many things on the back end that well, clearly we're not someone, privy to or no. Someone wasn't in the room when Sham sent the tweet out about Rashawn Holmes because that set the Sacramento Kings fan base into a panic as well with Rashawn Holmes signing to return the early bird rights to the Sacramento Kings. The contract was reported as up to $55 million. Now I didn't understand it, but I don't pretend to understand everything about the contractual legalities, like of things like early bird rights, full bird rights. Like I don't pretend to understand all of the stuff. I have kind of a basic knowledge of that. Like I can intelligently describe it to someone, but I was like, okay, they figured out a way to up it like a little bit. Cool. Like that's, that's fine. All good. It said up to, which means there's incentives in there or a bonus in there somewhere. We learned trade that there's kickers, a trade like kicker there's all in kinds there. of things. I mean, it's yeah. And, and as Bobby Marks has been saying over and over on Twitter, because people are hitting him up with their conspiracy theories. No, like it's not, it's not the 55 and, it's and where we see is, um, that's like we've noticed where involved, yes, the they, they will make it look pretty, right? Yep. Anything you yep. can to make it look pretty. But yep. when you're a name that everyone was paying attention to, you're noticing you're of course, when it's the Kings, everyone's paying attention to the number, right? Anybody else, I didn't see anybody complaining like, oh, you know, hey, how they do how that? can the Lakers be signing all these? And all, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like it's no one else is looking into anything, yep. but it was like, oh. Everyone knew the max that Holmes could get. And so it was yeah. like, oh, red flag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was just tying a bow, making it look pretty. And we've mm -hmm. seen before 100%. where even for, for buddies, one where they announced the the max the you could get. Yep. Right. But if you actually go and look at the actual contract, a lot of that's based on the um the incentives and you have your likely, unlikely, blah, blah, blah. But what they put out was this is the highest number. If he hits everything in the world, mm -hmm. you know, this is the highest number he can get. And again, it looks pretty, but, um, you say, and unless you, unless you're on those pages, looking at those contracts, you're not, um, you're not really thinking. And that happens every single NFL free agency. 
every free mm-hmm. agency somewhat like Patrick Mahomes signed for half a billion dollars. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> Dude, no, he didn't. He really didn't. And yeah. with, with it, the problem is with football contracts, they're like impossible to understand. You're going through them with a fine tooth comb with basketball. It's a little bit more elementary. So when something's off, it's like, wait, how'd they do that? H- mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did that work? Um, but that's again, that's the agent putting a bow on everything saying, Hey, this looks pretty for Rashawn. This looks pretty for me. This looks right. pretty for the rest of my prospective clients. That's why, you know, I, I, I was telling Kenny this and you know, you're so like tuned into this stuff. I can't remember a year where the agents were so tied in to all of the tweets that went out. And I don't, I don't know if that, and the agent, not even just the agent, but the agency, like everything. Yeah. yeah. And you even had podcast, you know, involved like for Duncan Robinson, he threw in the <laughs> podcast name. So it was like, I'm going to give you the exclusive. If you throw my name in there, exactly. like, but, exactly. You know? Like Woj tweeted some stuff where Woj had a rough couple of days, but Rhodes Woj tweeted some stuff. I'm like, he legit just copy and pasted this. And then like he, he would follow up with like a hype tweet too after. Yeah. Like he even did it for Terrence Davis. <laughs> like the 24-year-old would continue to like booster, I don't know, the bench or like do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like resurrect his, you know, his career or whatever. But it was like for random ones, you'd get the follow-up one. And then you get all the replies like you really had to hype him up again, huh? Like, oh, crazy. I mean, so like, it was so weird, man. It was, but I get it. It's the NBA agents. Yeah. They 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 spend everything like nine times out of ten when Woj is dropping something or Shams is dropping something. There's probably dropping it from an agent. Well, and now that people have created such a if I mean, if you want to call a rivalry between, you know, some of these mm-hmm. guys, it's like, yeah. well, if you want this one, then I'm going to need this kicker. And if you that's, want right, this, that's right, like, that's 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 real you know, talk. Yeah. Absolutely. um, Because you've seen the amount of people that used to break stuff Mm -hmm. um, dwindle down because it's almost like, do they even want to be a part of that craziness anymore? And you better get it right. Otherwise, you're getting clowned. (laughs) Like it's, you know, you're you're getting uh, you're getting clowned. But you used to get more of the Mark Spears, even Amick every once in a while, Stein. but it was cool to see Chris uh, Chris Haynes like come up too, where you're seeing him more and more, and it's like he's you know he's making his way um, in there. And so I would say this, at least out of this offseason, it seems like those were the top three um, yeah. outside of maybe some local guys breaking. Well, uh, what I breaking think was, news, but it felt like Chris got. I feel like Chris has a great relationship with players. Woj mm, has a mm-hmm. tremendous relationship with like general managers. He has a great relationship yep. with agents. I think Shams also has great relationships with agents, probably players to a certain degree. Degree, but Chris Haynes, he's obviously real close with Dame. There's a lot of players like like that you can tell. A lot of his writing has an influence of of a player. So when the Dame Lillard stuff started, I was like, "Don't call me until Chris Haynes tweets." Because if, if when Chris Haynes tweets about it, then I'm then I'm in. Until then, I don't care what anybody is speculating until he tweets something. Right. Well, and even then, like. Dame has not been shy of putting it out on social media. And then when talking to Haynes, like giving direct quotes, there was mm-hmm. no misconstruing the words. Yeah. Um, so there yeah, no so when these others say. come on, 
which was funny is uh, on Twitter, he was having a back and forth with somebody who had said like, oh, um, you know, according to James Camp or whatever, like he's going to be asking for a trade in the next week or whatever. And even as of this last week, Dame's like, unless I say that, like it's not doing that. And the guy's like, well, don't call me a liar. Like I've been doing this for a long time and I'm, you know, respected and all this stuff. And he's like, that's fine. But unless it comes from me, like, it's, I you know, and I he's love like, that guy. He's like, like, I don't deny that you like necessarily heard it because he, it could have been passed on from someone saying, "Hey, this is happening," and he's you know putting it out there, which you know whatever. Um, but again, if the person is saying it, it was just funny to see him going back and forth saying, well, like, I, "You might have heard is, it," but I'm telling you, no. <laughs> like I've been doing this for a long time. Like, fam, you're talking about me. Like right. I'm the ultimate source for this. Um, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, we dove into some free agency. We, we, we'll we'll dive into some rumors. Uh, the California Classic as well. If you're not a subscriber yet, please become one. Hit the thumbs up. Uh, I know the, the the podcast has been a bit sporadic lately uh, because of schedules, mostly mine. Um, but we're gonna clean that up, man. And we're hoping to drop uh, not only a podcast every week, but multiple podcasts every week. Uh, and I'm gonna make. Um, uh, Aaron Brewski come out the pocket. Jill Edge about to get the bag here on the Hoop Ball Podcast <laughs> Network. She's she about to get that Steph Curry bag. Um, how do you feel about Davion? How do you feel about the, uh, the the way the draft unfolded? Of course, the draft started with, oh my gosh, this is actually going to happen. Buddy Heald is going to be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma, potentially a pick or something like that. And then literally minutes later, it all falls apart when the Washington uh, Wizards get involved and we go into the draft with the lineup that we're accustomed to and Davion Mitchell is selected. Yeah, and and what's what's crazy is had that trade gone through, I don't think anyone would be questioning that pick, right? Like you're you're getting your wing, right, that yeah. you've needed. Um you got some depth uh for for the big man, but um I I get if he truly was best player available. Okay, we were a horrible team. If you think you're adding best player available, whatever. Yeah, um, with it. Yep. And it's it's the same thing that uh, Weaver was saying in Detroit, where they're like, "Which one of these players, you know, fits with you guys?" And he's like, "Fit." We won like 15 games last year. Like we're not worried <laughs> about fit. Like we need talent, right? <laughs> we need a talent upgrade. Yeah. Um. The only I, I'm, so I can see it from that perspective. I I'm, I'm just praying it works because we can't miss again, right? Like it's we we have to have guys hit. And I also think, based on what we saw these last couple days and how far from ready some of these you know players are that that fans were um, asking to be played last year and like Ramsey and Woodard. Yeah, he, those guys did not get a G. They got their little two week bubble, right? They got 16 games. Mm -hmm. They didn't practice at all. Like those guys sat and watched games. They didn't yeah. get minutes. They didn't get practice. How are you supposed to develop? I I don't know. Like they traveled with the teams and and you got to watch them play. To me, college players got more development last year th than Ramsey and and Woodard did. Yeah. Um. And so I can understand taking someone who's ready, right? If you're truly ready to make 
that jump that you keep saying that this team is, you know, ready to make, we're going to end the drought. I can understand drafting two players that are older and, and ready, ready to play because we can't keep waiting for second rounders or first rounders, right. To develop. Like Mm -hmm. you saw Halliburton. Yes. He's, he was a little younger, but he was right. He was ready. And we saw that Um, Davion for, what we saw over summer league to me, I thought he looked, he looked very much ready and I'll, I'll talk more about that when we um, end up talking more summer league, but um, do I, were there other players? I still kind of wish that he would have maybe taken over him. Yes, but Davion's on this team and I'm going to wish him nothing but success because if he succeeds, the Kings will succeed. Like at this point, um, I'm going to give him a shot, right, and and hope that he does everything that this group thinks he's going to do. Um, I think with the with the openings this team still has, um, I don't I don't see how um, they can say that they're settled in in their depth by any means. Um, to me, you have a, a two way player. And Lewis King, who looks more ready than two of your guaranteed contracts in Woodard and and Ramsey. And so this is where I think it's going to be interesting for Monty, where those guys are guaranteed contracts. Um, You figure they're going to spend a lot of time in the G League, but those are two two guaranteed roster spots, Mm -hmm. right, that are essentially being taken up for players that will most likely – not be up unless there's not a G League game. I don't see Ramsey and Wood are getting playing time at all unless they show some sort of crazy development between now and Vegas. I see those guys being down um, in Stockton. And so to me, that that then limits your depth. If you're trading Buddy, right, and you end up trading Bagley, where where are you filling in on your three-point shooting? Right. Um, That's a Woodard, Woodard shot uh, 12% in summer league these last two games and 21% in the 12 games he played um, in the bubble. So he averaged 16 points. Great. But his three point shooting, which is what three and D is what we're expecting him. Um, 21%. Uh, Ramsey was, I think, even lower than than that he might have been in like the 12s or 16 or something um where lewis king was 45 percent in the bubble and sadly he shot 17 percent these last two games uh with the kings last year he shot 36 percent. but again if you're getting rid of these players um of of your buddy and your bagley mm-hmm. who's who's filling in uh Davion, that was kind of one of his, you know, quirks coming in was, is that three-pointer going to stay or go? Well, these last two games, 25%. He did better the first game, but the second game um, was rough. And Harkless is like a low 30% shooter, Mm -hmm. right? Tristan Thompson's not spreading the floor. Um, Alex Len, maybe, but he might give you one, like he's not giving you a bunch. Davis, yes, can, you know, 
presumably can do it. Um, Fox and Halliburton, if they if they keep their levels the same, which you're assuming the same you or probably, better. Yeah, you um, probably even want but Tyrese. You don't to know, right? Like that's still a lot to put on Tyrese as a second year player. Sometimes they have their droughts in their sophomore yeah. year. Um, so to me, the biggest thing for the of what they didn't hit in the draft or they didn't try and jump back in where a lot of these not great teams jumped back in because there were a lot of wings in this one who could shoot three. Um, you didn't get, are you going to go now to the market, right? Mm -hmm. Or go overseas because there's, there's Europeans that can shoot and there's quite a few that are saying they want to come out to the NBA and there are threes and fours that can stretch the floor. Um, you had one in Sfi that was just uh, let go by Oklahoma City. I'm mm -hmm. assuming just because they want to give him um, opportunities, but he's a six-seven shooting guard slash uh, small forward. He's got the size and is a a career like 36, 37 percent. Um, <clears throat> but to me, like that's that's where you're going to have to hit now. And if you're bringing yeah. Simmons or Siakam, like I don't know. Yeah, those aren't those aren't great scores either. So, and that's a question that I posed on the radio the other day. And you know, you you kind of look around. The thing with Buddy is, Buddy can score, but there's also this perception of Buddy scoring. Because I posed the question: Are we sure if Buddy's traded now? Obviously, you trade Buddy, something's coming back in return, especially at his salary. It's not like he's being traded for nothing. Like something is coming back, but. I posed the question, like, you know, do the Kings have enough scoring if Buddy is moved? And I, I, I agree. Like, what's Buddy? 16, 16 per last year. There's also this perception of Buddy that he's a, a better scorer than he actually is, because we remember, you know, the year with Dave Yeager, where I think he was a twenty point scorer, or if not twenty, was like really, really close to it. And it's. Like there's plenty of games where Buddy was like three of eleven or three of twelve or finished with single digit points. But the defense always has to um acknowledge him, right? Like even when Buddy's having an off night, yeah, like he still true. stretches, right? So what happened last night, right? With with the Kings team. So <laughs> this is this is bad. So on this summer league team, we had one player shoot over 30%. From the three, Matt Coleman. We had one guy. What what did the Lakers start doing yesterday? They started going zone. Mm -hmm. And and the team freaked out. Shoot threes. Keep passing it around. Like, to me, that's my worry. What happens to the Kings where if you start, if you literally have nobody that can force teams, you know, to stretch, that then takes away from what Fox does best, in my opinion. And that's sure. one of the reasons Jaeger always, you know, people will get mad that um, Belly was playing over Bagley and things like that. But people knew that he would shoot those crazy threes from, you know, out, you know, um, yeah. outside the three point line. Like they still had to um, acknowledge that he was a shooter, you know, and, and spread. And so um, in summer league, you, you saw it last night. And I thought that was a thing for Mitchell too. That was kind of hard on him is where he played at Baylor with guys that stretched pretty well. Right. Butler was his, his right-hand man and he was a three level scorer. And so um, we're, we're evaluating these guys in these summer league games, but the, the rosters they're playing with are nowhere near what, what they're going to have on the Kings. The same with the offense that they're running or lack of running. 
and he was having a doing he was doing a lot of iso and um creation but and and even lewis to you know king was even having to do that a lot where if he's out on the court with fox or halliburton in the regular season like he's not going to be having to do that he's going to be the the spot up threes the catch and shoot threes um cutting and to one thing where mitchell what i think will help him where he had a lower three-point percentage this last game, but for his, um, where is it? Uh, I like Lou for, King, for his, by the way, a lot. For his, uh, one of the best thing for Mitchell in college was he was 46% on his catch-and-shoot three. So if he's playing with a guy like Halliburton, you know, who's out there initiating the offense and he can just catch and shoot, he's not having to do it off the dribble, which his number goes down. Um to me, you're putting players in better positions than what they're having to do in some relief, if that makes sense. Like, no, we're trying to evaluate these guys, and these aren't necessarily how they're going to be used. Um, so whether they can do that in Vegas and start trying to use these guys in some of their situations, but I also know that's hard depending on the players that that you've um, put yourself together with. But I do think it it's going to be hard for Mitchell in – in Vegas, if the team continues to shoot under 30% from three, you're not giving that guy any space to do what he's good at. And that's getting to the basket. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and we've got more games to, you know, evaluate here with the California classic behind us, the summer league uh, getting underway here in, in, in just a couple of days. And I think those are a couple of things Kings fans will really be looking at. I mean, Davion obviously is going to be, an integral part of the Sacramento Kings. He's going to be a, a a part of the main roster. Woodard and Ramsey, it's clear they're going to need some time, man. They're going to need like an entire year with Bobby Jackson and in the G League and with that, you know, coaching staff and the development team and all of that. And that comes to my question is how many roster spots can you use on development guys? Because if you figure going in for big men, right? If you keep Metu and Jones, yeah, which I'm well, assuming I'm assuming they were sitting over there with Monty yesterday. Yeah. Like if if they're not and they're they're op they're a team opt in for them to be guaranteed is the ninth. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. we're getting close. Um, Metu's non negotiable. Metu's got to be. And to here. me, right? And he's a powerful. To me, he's. I know he's listed powerful mm-hmm. and centered. He stretched that man in the Olympics. Oh my gosh, that guy was yeah. hitting threes like. Okay, when we're talking threes, if he can keep doing that, that'll that'll help, right? That's that can be your stretch four. Um, if Bagley's still here, I don't know. Um, I know that's one of the things he's been working on, right, and getting better at. But um, you need guys that can stretch it. But in that sense, where you have Metu, right, working development essentially, you have Jones. If you keep him development, you have um, Keita. Uh, is he? Um, or K2, K2. No, it's K. No, um, it's, it's, uh, it no, it's Kata. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Kata. Cause at first I'm I like, thought it was in my K2. Head, I'm like, I thought it was K2 okay. like Metu. It's not, I don't want to mess you, it up. So Kata, um, Kata, yeah. it's, is he going to get the two way, right? Like, cause we have one two way spot with Lewis. It's, we saw last year with, you know, the pandemic, every pandemic and everything going on. In addition to injuries, Every roster spot counted. And how many mm-hmm. times were there last year when people were not producing or you had a nine games, you know, losing streak where people say all that was left to put in was Ramsey and Woodard at that point. 
Yeah. And if they keep playing like this, they're not ready to throw in. So yeah. if you really truly are ready to start making these jumps, I just don't, my biggest thing is I don't know. I don't want to say waste a roster spot because I don't blame these guys, right? They they weren't given really they weren't given much development. Like it sucks yeah. for them. And Ramsey just turned 20, but I'm curious how many roster spots they want to take up for development and, and then you still have Justin James as a question mark and yeah. if he's going to stay running or out not. Of spots. Um, yeah, they're running out of spots quick. So again, like I'd rather I don't even know if you could get Svi at a minimum, but I'd rather have a guy like him taking a Justin James spot. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I want yeah. guys that have already produced in the league. Like we have a lot of second rounders on this roster right now. Like it's an, an undrafted, like at some point, yeah, no discredit to them, but you got to, you got to add talent and proven talent. Um, Can we, can we stall Woodard and Ramsey out just a little bit? Because, yeah, they were bad yesterday, but they also didn't play. They were bad in game two. They also didn't play in game number one. So that was literally, that was that was it. Woodard like, did, but not Ramsey. There. Yeah. Well, Woodard, Woodard does not register in my brain at all. So he was, he was equally unimpactful in game one uh, as he was in game two. But in game two... That whole game felt like bad. It was like it that it felt like a disaster. Like just it it never it never right. found a rhythm. Like it was on it, it was like a bad pickup game. And it felt like it got contagious. Mm -hmm. Like even Davion wasn't particularly good in the second game. Now Emmanuel Terry, I thought played well. Uh and Louis the King, I thought played really well too. Emmanuel Terry is a guy I really like. We're talking about doling out that 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 second two-way contract. I really like Emmanuel Terry, but he 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 might be you know a Stockton guy. Um, and Max, well, Cole, and look at him, right? And like you brought up Terry, and everyone's you know saying how much better he looked. But goes back to our point, he looked so much better. He played in Europe last year. This guy's mm -hmm. been around in the G League. He he's a vet in that sense, right? He's not a 19, 20 year old coming in for the first time like granted terry did what he was supposed to do which seems pretty consistent with what what he's kind of done everywhere as a journeyman the contracts the roster spots i should say uh will be at a premium uh, both in stockton the two-way obviously there's just one left that will be a fascinating story um coming out of training campus who gets that second two-way contract uh, with Louis the King, because that's obviously going to be the guy that Monty McNair in this front office believes in in the most. Let me throw another yeah. question at you. Go ahead. I and at this point, I don't know how you would sign somebody over, um, Kata. Like if if right. he's not yeah, getting a roster right. spot, like to me, yeah. that seems like that would be an automatic two way. But again, we don't know. Depending on possible trade, like. Is Tristan Thompson here? Like we don't yeah. know. We don't know. Um, is it Justin James here? Like we don't know who's here or not. But um, I would assume he would be the first in line to get that two-way that sense. And he was productive. He only played like eleven minutes, but mm -hmm. I think he had like six or seven points and mm -hmm. I don't know six rebounds. Like he did what you would want someone coming off the bench to, to have productive minutes. He did that. I'm even blocked a three. Like, I don't even yeah. know the last time I saw a big man block a three. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I think the biggest thing for this summer league team is starting to try and hit a three ball because if if they don't, I see a lot of mm-hmm. last night's games in the future yeah. because that defense literally was just we're standing outings. here. We're yeah. not giving anything in the paint. Shoot, like you're having to shoot it from out there, and they look flustered. Um, which you know, it's understandably for a lot of these guys, this was the first time they were playing a legitimate game since the G League bubble last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for a guy like Woodard, I think people forget he didn't have any of those games when he he might have had one game. <laughs> yeah, he um, um, after the bubble, but. It's he, so it's it's so hard to evaluate these guys sure. right now just yeah. based on well even when they shine that year like it's yeah yeah e- even when they shine it's like oh, oh yeah like cool like this summer league <laughs> you know what i mean and then in 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 the respect of like woodard and ramsey it's like yeah they haven't played in you know however long it's been so it's it's going to be a tough it's going to be a really difficult process for monty doling out that second um two-way contract setting up uh, the Stockton Kings roster and then allowing the, you know, seeing what happens in, in, in having the Kings, the, the, the main roster uh, take shape. But I want to ask you this question because this is just, I think, universally agreed upon uh, with Kings fans. And that's, you know, the big change, obviously, in free agencies. Monty has a guy and we started to see Monty has a type, right? Like, and we started to see that at the trade deadline. He likes physical guys. He likes high IQ guys. He likes bust your ass guys. Well, he, I mean, I did not, I would not have put money on Mo Harkless coming back at all. Terrence Davis, because the way it would have, not, not because, not because I didn't think the Kings would want him. I just thought Mo would probably do something else, you know, with the, with the way that, with, with, with the way that he played, it was like, he's good. He'll, he'll probably land on a, a better team somewhere and, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll go on about his business. But Terrence Davis, I, I, I you know, I kind of felt like they would match. I, I, I thought, uh, his team's expectations might have been a little out of whack. And understandably so, that's the type of stuff you should put out there. Like if I'm an agent, I'm saying, yeah, I want $9 million a year in hopes that you get, you know, half of that. Like that's 100% yeah. the right thing to do. It's the, you know, the Daryl Morey approach. Let's ask for everything <laughs> and see what we can get out of it. But tough guys, tough guys, um, mm-hmm. physical guys, all those different things. Can... Are we? Can Monty coach that type of team? I mean, I'm sorry. I, I hope not because Monty's not the coach. Can Luke Walton coach that type of team? Because Luke, they've been, you know, he's often spoke about, well, I want our, our defense to create offense. Like, I still want to run. I still want to shoot. I still want to score. I want to do all of those things. But I want to do it with the ball coming out of the basket, similar to what the Phoenix Suns did in the last, like, 12 games of the season that went into the bubble where they won the, the, the eight games in the bubble. They were leading – the league in points and defense. The way they were playing defense was leading to them scoring points. Monty saw, or excuse me, I don't know why I keep doing that. Luke (laughs) saw that for the Kings. It's just this Kings team couldn't execute it. Well, now he might have the physical group who can execute it on defense, but I don't know if they can execute it offensively. So I think this season is really going to test Luke Walton a little bit. I'm right there with you. Um, and and I think that that comes to the point where um, it has to be a fine balance, right, of finding offense and defensive guys or guys that are, you know, above average at both. Because um, 
for some of these guys, you're adding that physical guy, like you said, on defense, but their offensive game slips. And that's one thing with this team is they've never had to worry about their offense, right? It's always just been defense. Um, so it's going to take a, a fine balancing act uh, to see how it works, especially um, if you end up getting rid of players, right? Like we keep hearing that, you know, a, a trade or aggressive, you know, you know, that that's out there, um, which we all, you know, know that they're, being aggressive as by the trades that have happened and not happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be a fine balancing act for, for Luke on, um, on how, how to pair that and, and making sure, um, you know, it still fits around your Fox and Halliburton's and the guys that, you know, that are your focal points essentially of, um, of this team, but I have to say, I'm so happy that we get to keep the trio of Fox, um, Halliburton and Holmes together because those three guys together are part of like the best of, of every Kings, you know, lineup that, that you throw out there. Yeah. So that's, that's a great triangle to, to have now it's, um, fitting the pieces around that. Do you think a trade happens? That's everyone's universal answer. Like silence. It's just like that silence. Okay. My thing is, do I? Does he want one to happen? Yes, but I also don't think that but, he's just going to do it to do it. You know what I mean? Because right, I said yeah. I'm going to do it. Like, yep. I think we would have seen trades already happen if he was well, just going to take. You know, it's I'm going to trade to trade. Um, the Lakers this, one was really good, in my opinion. I <laughs> the love Lakers the Lakers and the Milwaukee deal. Bucks one. The the two that yeah. did not happen. Yeah. This is our thing too. If those two would have gone through, I mean, oh. everyone's praising this guy for everything because yeah. that's it's yeah perfectly with what they're trying to do here. Yeah, it's um it, it, it the the Dante DiVincenzo like he's got he's got a tremendous lineup of trades <laughs> that fell through due to no fault of his own. You know, you had a, a blabby Milwaukee Bucks team and then, you know, whether the Lakers played the Kings, whether the Wizards really didn't get involved, you know, until super, until super late here. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what it was, but um, I, I feel like I'm the only one who sees a scenario where Marvin, I don't know, but I feel like I'm the only one who sees a like a real scenario. Where I won't go back. so far as to say likelihood. Yeah, that buddy's mm -hmm. back. I, I, I his I'm deal with you in your line of thinking. His escalating that, deal only gets better. Like to yeah. me, he's a guy where he's not going to lose value as you keep him. His value gets better based on the contracts that we are seeing going out there. Um. It's not like he's going to be old, right? Like everyone always, oh, 27, 28. That's so, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not, right? Yeah. <laughs> you had Louis Scola yeah. out in the Olympics at 41. I mean, when you're shooting threes, look at JJ Redick in his 30s. Like when you have guys that can shoot, they stay around. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, they do. And so, um, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that he's kept Buddy as far as he has till this, at this point is, um, he doesn't want to get rid of him for 
you know, lesser value knowing that you have actual value there. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it's, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, I was just trying to see if I was wording it. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, I, I don't know like what conversations have to be had between Monty and buddy or Luke and buddy or, or, or whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's tough to see your name in a trade and then, okay, I'm going to Los Angeles or it, it looks have like there's a good, you? Congratulations. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm not like, okay. Oh, but they're still trying to. Okay. But there's this Philadelphia thing that's kind of lingering out there. Okay. Am I being tagged, you know, along with Marvin for, you know, the big, big game hunting with Pascal Siakam or Ben Simmons or um, Christoph Porzingis or whatever other one of those big contracts, big players that could potentially be on the move. But with, with Buddy, you know, what was Buddy's biggest deficiency? I mean, I have issues with his consistency and I'm, you know, I I actually have issues with him on offense sometimes, but his biggest deficiency is on the defensive end. Well, if you've got better defenders around him, man, that it's kind of like what we saw at the end of the year when Marvin wasn't around, you had Tyrese out there or you, you had uh sorry, not Tyrese, Terrence Davis out there. You had some pretty, well, Harkless was out there. You had some pretty solid defenders. Suddenly their defense didn't look as bad and you can always tuck buddy away. You might be able to, you might not be able to tuck buddy and Marvin away, but you could tuck buddy away. And now you've got Davion in the squad who could pick up defensively and all that takes pressure off, you know, the better defenders that you have, they all take pressure off of De'Aaron Fox on that end, allow him to focus a little bit more on the offensive end through the first, you know, 45 minutes of the game or whatever it may be. And, I don't know. After the Lakers thing kind of fell apart and draft came and went, I kind of thought, man, buddy could very well just be back. Yeah. I, I won't be surprised by it at all. That's, that's one more. So I would not be um, surprised about. I I'm with you. We'll see what happens. I mean, the league year officially gets underway. I mean, it sounds like Ben Simmons in, in Philadelphia, like that's a full on, that's in the bad stages of divorce. Like it, they tried to handle it amicably uh, immediately following the season. And now they're in the stage where they're, they're fighting over the China. So they're that that's, that's ending. Um, it's just a question of how we had Jason Dumas on the show today, Jason Dumas. I don't know why I tried to like accent it up. Like his name is Jason Dumas. He was on the show with us today. He's been reporting on Ben Simmons uh, and the golden state warriors. Uh, but also Ben Simmons talking about California and we laugh like I think he forgot about the Sacramento Kings because you could say California and you got the Warriors and you got the Clippers and you got the Lakers and you might have just forgot Sacramento was here. But when you really look at it, the Kings could put together a really good deal. And I think they could probably put together the best deal of the teams in California unless Golden State is really willing to move on from some of their younger talent. And they're willing to, you know, do the emotional separation of Draymond Green. Now, I'm willing, if I'm Golden State, to move on from Draymond Green and James Wiseman. I'm not willing to add one of the kids that they drafted, one of the men that they drafted in this draft. I'm not willing to add um, Kaminga or Moses Moody to this. I'm just not. You can have you it, Wiseman, fine, or Kaminga or Moody, but you can't have a combination of the two. You got Draymond. If we got to throw something else in there, fine. But I think Ben Simmons is a flawless fit uh, on the Golden State Warriors. But I'd also argue that Buddy and Marvin and a and a and a pick from the Kings 
versus a pick from the Warriors would be more attractive to Philadelphia. I think it would be attractive to Toronto. I think it would be attractive to any team looking to do something. 100%. And that's something that people forget is how valuable (laughs) our draft picks are compared to other teams because we're a 15-year lottery team right now. We're swinging, hoping that that changes, but there's no guarantee that our swing lands. Yep. Anything. I mean, you look at what Minnesota just did and Golden State took advantage of it, right? They mm-hmm. took the swing. Um, their guy didn't stay healthy and Golden State got the lottery pick out of it. Like, that's one thing that frustrates me about this place is that um in all of the you know, at least for this 15-year drought. That's one thing this team never tried to do was take on salary for assets. Yeah. Um, And you've seen the teams that have been good, rebuild, been good, rebuilt during this 15-year. That's something they all did. Yeah. Um, And it just continues to be frustrating that this place that um, – They've never been able to figure that out, but that's one of the reasons Golden State is is it back in that position, um, where where they were again, and uh, yeah, and then you see teams like Atlanta who just have crazy amounts of young talent, um, and that's where to me where it's like okay we got Thompson but ugh, we couldn't find a way to pry any of those those wings out of out of Atlanta of the young guys yeah. that they keep saying they can't afford to keep. Right. Um, there was no way. No. Um, but Guess I mean, not. it's, it's yeah. And well, and it'll be interesting for Monty if it's ends up being where we, we hear, you know, the home run swing talk. Well, I don't think my, uh, the Laker deal was totally a, a home run swing mm-hmm. type deal. But it gave you multiple pieces that fit, yeah. right? Yep. It, that yep. fit. So, yep. could something like that end up happening again, um, where it's not necessarily one of the bigger names we've heard, but a combination mm-hmm. of, um, of of smaller pieces that aren't necessarily young enough to where they're still on rookie deals, right? Because those salaries wouldn't work. But um, you know, it's can you find combinations of that will be uh, will be interesting. Well, we don't know what's going to happen next, but we know we'll be here to talk about it. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, please do, regardless of the platform that you're on. If you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, please give us a five-star review if you think you're worth it. If you think we're worth it, we greatly appreciate it. She's Joe Adge. Follow her on Twitter at Joe Adge. I'm Damian Barling at Damian Barling. Check out Dealing with KC Monday through Friday on ESPN 1320 on the Odyssey app or search Dealing with KC on YouTube or Twitch, and you can check us out there. And we'll be back with some more Kings news here on the Hoop Ball Podcast, here on the Sacramento Kings Hoop Ball Podcast.